All right, jump the gun a bit there. So so let's then dig a bit further uh, into this conversation. Martin Ewi is uh, the senior researcher at the Institute for Security Studies. Martin, good morning to you and thanks for your time. Um, Hello, Martin. Good morning to you. Yes, can you hear me? Yes, yes, I can now. Oh, okay, now I was saying good morning to you and good morning to your viewers and uh, good morning to my co-panelists. Yes, Nixon Katembu. He's uh, in yes. studio, African affairs analyst and language specialist at Channel Africa Key Swahili Desk. Nixon, always a pleasure. Good morning to you, Kathy, and good morning to Martin and to our listeners of SFM across the land. So there have been different ways of having the conversation around what seems to be a resurgence of coups on, on the continent. I wanted to specifically look at the state of democracy and the role of transnational violent groups in perhaps being the foundation that ultimately results in the instability that we are seeing and witnessing in in many of these countries. Martin, let me begin with you. Has there been a loss of confidence in democracy on the continent, you think? No, not at all. Um, I don't even think that we we have democracy. Um, democracy is only as long as those leaders are in power. And democracy is not just about a leader uh, elected, uh, you know, by whatever means, stays in power, uh, changing the constitution so many times in order to continue to stay in power, the international community, including, of course, uh, uh, the United Nations, uh, they accept they that, um, of which this is clear cheating, this is a violation of democracy itself, uh, and because we don't condemn this act, and because there is no rule against this act that uh, state officials, regimes, they do in order to stay in power in Africa, we we will always have coups. I think you were saying coups, uh, uh, there's a resurgence in, in, in coups. There's no resurgence. Mm-hmm. Coup never went anywhere. Yeah, there is sometimes a hiatus, the but if you look at the, the graphs of coups, the curves, it is not a straight line. It has never been a straight line. It has always been a zigzag kind of thing, and it's continuing. So coups will always be there in Africa as long as we don't do what is necessary for our democracy to work, and we know what it is. And if the international community continues to selectively apply the rules, the norms, that those who are in power are exempted, are not brought to account for democratic practices, coups will stay with us for as long as we are here. Uh, this, is, this is the fact, because you know we, we, we saw what happened in Burkina Faso. There was an attempted coup, I think, on the 10th of this month. Uh, no one did anything. No one went to Burkina Faso to see what is wrong? What is it that they can do to prevent a future coup? But because it was announced that the coup was aborted, the international community sat and folded its arms and said, yes, it is gone. Look, this is not how we apply rules. 
Rules are not just by sitting somewhere and making declarations. And that's the problem that we face today. And it will not, look, these schools, they, they, they bother all of us, but we know that it is the last resort for a very bad situation. When we look at the coups that have taken place and the lack of intervention, as you put it, Martin, and the lack of accountability that, that has followed some of those events, where do you think that, what, what do you think is, is, the, is the driving motive behind it? Because on the one hand, we've just come out of a clip of the United Nations that is condemning what has happened and is expressing shock at the fact that there's still coups taking place in 2022. And yet you say they never went anywhere. So why is it that some are given more prominence than others? Why is it that there's intervention in some and lack of intervention in others? Yeah, that's exactly what uh, I'm saying. The, the, the selective nature of applying the rules in the international community. Look at what ECOWAS did in Mali because of the coup. But what did ECOWAS do in Guinea? It didn't do the same thing. So, and that's the selective nature that is promoting coups because it seems as if we look at a country, we weigh the, 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 the disadvantages, we weigh the strengths and weaknesses of that country, then we apply the rules. And then we apply the rules with force. But we don't care about how the coup came about. What were the motivating factors for that coup to come? Look, uh, I used to work at the African Union, and this was a, a constant frustration, right? Because we, we developed very sophisticated uh, early warning mechanisms. Uh, and we, we, the, the problem before was that the AU did not have uh, um, an, uh, an efficient and effective early warning system. But the AU now has a very, very effective early warning system. And everyone heard about the attempted coup that was said to have been aborted. And even this one, there, there, was lot of mixed, uh, there were a lot of mixed messages. Some saying it was aborted, some said there was no coup. So the international community then sat there and wait. So that when the military announced that they have taken over, then we start making declarations. Look, I think the military knows this very well, that declarations is what the international community is all about. They know how they will handle the declaration. And many of them have been doing a very good job. So it is for the international community to do what they know is right. They know what to do. But it is because of these countries themselves, these countries that are experiencing this coup, if you come up with a solution for them, I can tell you they will be the first to oppose. Mm. Because they know that if they don't oppose, tomorrow they will not be able to make a coup. We tried that at the African Union. We put some rules. We even tried to say, if any leader changes the constitution, that leader should not benefit from that change, meaning that the leader should complete his or her term and leave power and leave the new constitution for other people to benefit from it. Did that pass? It didn't. 
So there is a lot of frustration everywhere, and the people are also frustrated. People, look, all these things that the, the AU and the UN, the ECOWAS are doing now, look at what happened in Mali. They went on strike to, to protest against ECOWAS uh, sanctions. So the people are tired of the way the international community is handling these coups. It is not efficient. It is giving full power to those in power to do whatever they want to do at the expense of the people. And if we don't consider people in our response, coups are here to stay because the military will always intervene to say they are intervening on behalf of the people. The one now in, in Burkina Faso, if you look at the north of Burkina Faso, the, the terrorists are taking over. The army, which used to be very efficient, is not able to, to, to deal with its own backyard. And who are they blaming? The, 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 the Kabore said he is scared of the military. So he made the military to be weak. Did not give the military the tools that they need to fight terrorism. So they were going there and being killed. Look, all right. these, these schools, they come from somewhere. We all know the solution. They want to blame Africans that we are not democratic, that we don't have, uh, uh, the, the, we, we don't know how to, to apply the rules and so on and so forth. Let them blame. But they know the source of coups. They know the reason why coups occur. Okay. And they know the solution. Martin? I'm going to pause you there. It's 10.30. I'll also give Nixon a chance to have a bite at this very big apple for now. Yes, and yes. Musa has the latest news headlines. The Talking Point with Kathy Motlatana. Weekdays, 9 a.m. till midday. We continue the conversation. We are asking the question, is there a decline of democracy on the continent? And that question really through the prism of what is seen as an increase in coups or a resurgence of coups on the continent. But already, I suppose, that is not an argument because um, Martin Ewi, who is a senior researcher with the Institute for Security Studies, says it's there's no resurgence of coups. They never went anywhere. So uh, I suppose that is no longer a, a question that, that we are asking. Uh, Nixon Katembo is also part of this conversation and will also open the lines uh, for you to weigh in on zero double one. 714-2006, that's the number to dial to get in touch with us today on the WhatsApp line, 0614-104-107. And on Twitter, it's at SFM Radio, the hashtag there, SFM Talking Point. So Nixon, you know, um, Martin ended off part of what he was saying, asking a very important question or made a very important statement. He says, we know what the source of coups is. We know what the solutions are. So then why do we still have coups? Your own analogy, what is the source of coups? I don't know what the source of coups are. Or at least I'll, I'll play devil's advocate for, for the purposes of this conversation. But what is the source of coups on the continent? Well, Kathy, it's interesting to indulge in this conversation on the coups in Africa um, after uh, a serious, um, uh, seriously witnessing coups in West Africa in a period of less or less than a year or a year, about four coups 
and to your information this could be i think the 200 253rd coup or attempted coup in africa since 1960 so that validates the point that martin was saying that coups has not gone anywhere and coups has been part of african political dna but you ask me where are the, these coups coming from you have to look at the geostrategic uh, importance of those countries within which the coups are happening and their historical nature by the virtue of their former colonial uh, uh, status, uh, such as France, uh, the new uh, um, uh, powers that be coming into play to occupy the space in those countries. Um, for the case of Burkina Faso, I would uh, rightly say this was bound to happen. And in fact, when it happened, I said, gosh, this is another coup. And what is the next coup that is happening? We're waiting for another one, in fact, on the continent. Uh, as I came to this studio this morning, I just heard that nine soldiers from Senegal has been disappeared in the Gambian side. On the and quote unquote, the Kazamas uh, separatist movement is claiming to have abducted them, and the government is saying that they have they know they have taken them. So, <laughs> why is it uh, insecurity again rising up with the Kazamas issue in Senegal? On the other hand, you have a Burkina Faso, you have Mali, you have Niger, you have uh, Chad and you have a Central African Republic. Is it by coincidence that these coups are happening in X and Ilo, just out of the air, like the Greek word would say? The coup in Burkina Faso comes after some coups on the continent that have overthrown a democratic, uh, democratically elected government, or either that came after a popular insurrection, except for Sudan, of course, with Al-Marhal Hassan al-Bashir being a, a former dictator. But what is happening on the continent, Kathy, is boiling to one thing, the control of ge ge geostrategic interest on the continent by the power that be in the Western world. Why Burkina Faso? Just... Um, in 2017, on a, in a, in a September, and it was on August, um, in October 17th, uh, 2017, the U.S. Uh, assistant uh, um, diplomat on African affairs uh, met in Stuttgart, Germany, with all American ambassador in the Sahel region to discuss the way forward on how they can further American interest in the region. Subsequently, in 2019, the U.S. African Command had started a military training, serious military training before it was there. Of course, they started around 2015, but they started um, the training within the region and the Kaya <laughs> 
which is uh, one of the Burkina Faso major city, was a part of the center of training under the operation Flintlock. On the other hand, you have France in the same city, in the same region, coordinating French operations in the regions against quote-unquote Islamists in the Sahel region. And really, one would wonder why is the militancy or Islamic militancy rising up in the Sahel region? And it's up to the responsibility of France or the U.S. to get in there. Why? This comes at the backdrop of a discovery of mineral resources in that particular region. In the recent years, you would know that Burkina Faso is a net export of gold in West Africa. But also, there has been other mineral resources such as bauxite and cobalt, as well as uh, lithium. On the other side, in Mali, you have just a mineral deposit of lithium, about 649 tons of lithium deposit that has been discovered in Mali, which are critical to the development of electrical vehicles, batteries, and other uh, resources, including cobalt as well. Now, you have in Guinea where they happen a coup d'etat, you have those resources linked up to the Guinean cobalt, which was discovered in the mountain Simantu, and of which Russia and China had a stake in the development of extraction of that mineral resource, including building a railway not network from uh, the, the mountain Simandu up until to the coast of Guinea. What the U.S. and the France did, they said, no, we're not going to help allow China's influence in Guinea as well as in the Sahel region. Then we have to devise a plan to counter China's influence as well as Russian influence in the region. And this is what is at the core of military coup d'etat in former French colonies as well as in, in the broader uh, West African uh, region. You might come up with the idea of saying, okay, vilifying a democratic process on a continent, we are not so well versed with, with the democratic principles and the rules, but at the core is the control of geostrategic resources on a continent. And unless our leaders understand and, and we understand the, how the international political economics works, then we'll know what is facing Africa at the moment. At the moment, Nixon? as I speak to you, mm. the year 22 Afri uh, African military base on the continent, the surely the role of democracy is up for, for politicians and diplomats. It's not up to the military especially with the African command and the French military to instill democracy on the continent, where is the diplomats in coming in to say, no, let us talk about the rule-based and the principles that my predecessor mm. uh, talked about. All right. Nixon, uh, we're going to continue with you shortly. I'll also be uh, taking calls. Martin, I I'm aware of the fact that you also uh, need to be leaving the conversation soon because you've got uh, other commitments to attend to. I want to talk about these forces that Nixon has brought up because often these forces um, are dispatched to different types of the continent 
in the name of counter-terrorism, ter in the name of uh, supporting the fight against perhaps some uh, transnational groups, transnational violent groups um, that are a threat to democracy in some places. You know, just flesh that out a little bit for me and how that plays into the instability that we are seeing. Yes, no, I'm really glad uh, Mitchin uh, brought this up because uh, it's an important factor uh, in um, in the security dynamics uh, of uh, various countries uh, in Africa. Um, yeah, you have this basis everywhere, and I'm glad you mentioned the the counterterrorism training that have been going on, uh, which I myself uh, I have done them, and uh, I'm very frustrated. Um, by with the way they have been conducted. Take, for example, Mali. In 2003 or 2002, the, U, the U.S. government launched what they call the Trans-Sahel Initiative, which was to stabilize Mali and the Sahel region, the broader Sahel region. And a key component of that was counterterrorism. And that program continued for over 12 years, 13 years. Then there were so many other initiatives that came on board. Uh, you know, I, I, it was a cacophony, actually, of all the Western countries that came into, into the Sahel, each uh, professing peace, uh, each having a strategy, and so on and so forth. But in 2012, what happened when the Islamists, few Islamists, threaten Mali. What, where did that training, all what the Americans, the Europeans had done in Mali for over uh, 14 years, where did that go? Where did the skills, where did they go? Why is it that Mali was not able to withstand the Islamists even for a day? And that's not all, because Burkina Faso, we are talking about Burkina Faso today. Burkina Faso has also been one of those babies that has been benefiting from all of these Western uh, 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 donations, Western capacity building programs. But yet, when the Islamists went to the north, Burkina Faso has not been able to resist. So where are these trainings and all these capacity building programs going to? What is it at stake? Are they really working? My answer is that they are not. My answer is that this is an approach that Westerners are using to tap information. And I have seen when the first Islamist attack occurred in Burkina Faso, the dynamic that it took. You, I saw how the Western powers are there not for the sake of the stability of Burkina Faso, not for the peace and security of Burkina Faso, but for their own interests. They are there for their own intelligence, to gather the intelligence that they need, but not for the safety of the people of Burkina Faso. So, and this is the fundamental problem, because if they continue to do what they are doing, I don't think that America can commit so much resources, and yet, Small Islamists come around and then they take over. If the Americans really want to prevent terrorism in a region, 
they would do so, and you will not find terrorists there. Look at what they did in Syria. They were able to flush out terrorists. They, they built, they mounted the biggest international coalition that one has ever seen. And they were able to flush out terrorists in Syria. Why is it that in a small place like Burkina, where we don't even have half of what was in Syria, that this thing can continue for the past six years, and yet we are not able to find answers? It comes back to what I'm saying, that there is an ulterior motive. There is a hidden agenda that the Western countries, they have when they are here. This basis that we have all over, which indeed actually threaten African initiative for their own security. Because you cannot be talking of the security of a country if that country has at its backyard a foreign base where they are spying on them all the time. Terrorism is a factor. It's part of this security dynamics that we are playing with. It's, it's, I think it's a tool. And until we really understand that tool, we will not be able to defeat it. I've seen countries putting every effort, but they are not able because they have not understood it as a tool being used by others. So um, your question is quite legitimate. My answer is that there is not... The, the, the commitment is different. We see it at the surface that they are helping. They are doing all sorts of... I've, I have investigated these things and I've seen that what they put into it, there is, there is not enough substance, actually. Martin. There is uh, there is a show to show that we are doing something, but there is no substance to it. Martin, b before I let you go, what about then the role of regional groups such as the African Union? Because whenever there is violence, whenever there is instability in a country, part of the, the, the things that happen is that you have the affected country immediately standing up to proclaim its sovereignty. So our problem, we will find a solution. And the African Union also just seems to be happy to, 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 to continue with life as if that instability does not exist. Yes, I'm glad you mentioned it. I worked there. You know, I thought uh, I could change it. Look, the AU faces... Let me just have it, I will tell you two fundamental problems. When it comes to this issue of coups and instability across Africa, we see Mozambique suffering uh, for the past uh, four years, and the AU is nowhere to be found. There are two things. One is that principle of sovereignty and non-intervention in internal matters. Countries have used that to paralyze the AU. The AU is controlled by small countries that wish the AU no good. But because the AU is a nice sounding concept, they are willing to maintain it and pay people a lot of salaries in Addis Ababa. But when it comes to the real stuff that the AU is meant to do, the AU cannot. The second thing, the second handicap for the AU is that the AU itself is so poor that it depends on the donations of these Western countries again. And that those donations, they come with strings 
attached. So the AU, as long as the AU is in its current formation, the AU will never be able to help the continent get out of this mess. It will become, it is part of it, and it will remain part of it. It will never be a solution. In Addis Ababa, the, the problem is no lack of solutions. The problem is not that people don't know what to do. Everyone knows what we are supposed to do. But there is no political will, and especially the small countries or the countries that have to benefit from this, they don't want it. Why? Because they have security and all sorts of agreement with their former colonial powers. These are the dynamics that, is, that are killing our continent. That's right. why we will always be handicapped. All right, Martin, thank you so much for coming on and for being part of this conversation. Martin Ewi is a senior researcher at the Institute for Security Studies. We'll continue uh, with Nixon Katembo in studio. Let me quickly take some of your calls. No surprises here. KGM, good morning. <laughs> good morning, Kathy. Good morning to your, your guests and to my fellow listeners. It's a pity that your, your other guests had to go. And I, I wish we can actually give this, this discussion more, more time. Um, if, if things were my way, if I had an influence in, in your, 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 your scheduling of things there, Kathy, I would say, can, can we have a, a day every week devoted to, to the African story? because we need to, to really dissect these things and understand them for what they are. But let me get to today's issue. Look, your, your guests agree with what I've penned down a, a while ago. I said democracy is bad for Africa. I remember that, um, I can't remember, I think Sakina at the time was doing the morning show, invited me and, and Dr. Uh, Professor Guto, and and, I, I said to Professor Guto that time, we will continue to have these problems in Africa for as long as us Africans refuse to see, even blatantly when we have evidence that what we call coup d'etats in Africa, it's just part of the democratic system orchestrated by the West, given to us like a bone without meat. And we are busy pulling from both ends to no avail. Now, we, I mean, let me give you as my parting shot, Casey. Not so long ago, we had a searcher coming here, um, was arrested with a host of ammunition. It, it was said then that they were planning a coup d'etat. Searcher is back in Britain or wherever he is now, nothing has been said. Our media, quiet, like if a pin can drop, you'll hear it. Conveniently so. We call them coup d'etats in Africa. Look at what the United States, through the so-called United Nations, have done. You can go to um, uh, Iraq. You can go to the Taliban. You can go to uh, how they brutally dealt with Muammar Gaddafi in Libya. And and when they do it, we we also buy into this trap and we call them something else when they do them from wherever they are. When they, they happen because some 
militants within us or amongst us do it, it's called coup. When America does it or British uh, Britain does it, it's something else. So uh, the, the point that I'm making, Kathy, is democracy, at least in the context that has been given and dictated to us, democracy, it is not good for Africa. Okay. It was not made, rather manned for us. It is made to uh, for us. Something that is made for, for me, it's something that is uh, uh, made to dictate for you. Something that is meant for you, it's something that you will benefit from. Okay. We will never, ever benefit from this system. Okay? All right, KGM, let's leave it there. Uh, Sis Vuiswa in Parktown, good morning. Yes, good morning, Cathy. How are you? I'm well, thank you. Good, thanks. Mm. Thanks for taking my call. Uh, I think for the first time I, I agree with Martin. Uh, people are tired. The, the entire continent. If you travel, you're living in meet those who are here in, in South Africa. People are so tired. And I don't think these schools are going to be the, the last one will be Burkina Faso or Mali. We're going to see quite a lot of them. Uh, the reason being that uh, our leaders are no longer there for the people uh, because the, 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 the so-called superpowers or economic powers are, are in conspiracy of seeing Africa going down. And there's an unholy alliance between China, America, Europe, and, uh, you know, the Arab countries because the insurgents or what you call terrorists is a creation of, 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 all, of all these powers. They know what they're doing. I've seen it in the Middle East. I can tell you stories that I know and uh, of truth because they know what they're doing because uh, without the continent of Africa's resources, you cannot be a superpower. So you have to control Africa first before you can become a superpower. So they have this unholy alliance and we get deceived and think that they are there for us. They're not there for, for us. Our leaders are being used against their own people. So we're going to see quite a lot of, 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 of coups in every corner of this continent. Says Wiso, thanks for that. Uh, out mm. in Parktown there. Nixon, let me come back to you. I know that the number of things that you want to respond to. I'm going to ask you to keep keep your eyes on the clock, Nixon. You see that we news is coming up at eleven. <laughs> <laughs> it's very difficult to stop Nixon because as you can hear, he's like an encyclopedia. Um but let me give you a chance. I, I like the passion in the, uh, uh, with which our um, uh, callers are engaging on this issue. And uh, uh, the point that Martin raised is uh, critical in understanding why coups are happening on the continent. And I raised it earlier that this is not just about the state of democracy in Africa, but rather the control of mineral resources and the geostrategic position of these countries in terms of uh, their own interest on the continent. Uh, and uh, this is going to happen over and over and over and again unless Africans, as, a, as, a, as Africans as a people, we devise a strategies. Um, you would recall in the, in the early 60s, uh, our liberators, um, uh, political independence, came up with the, the idea of a non-allied movement of not allying to any of those 
uh, who, who who want to align from the USSR and uh, and uh, and the West. Um, in this case, uh, the American, the, the allies of Britain and, and and France and the US. So, this is again a sort a replica of what happened in the early 60s and the 70s when the continent. Um, uh, got independence and we see that because there is a new uh, technological advancement and a, a quest for new resources mm-hmm. uh, feeding through the, um, the, the the technologies and the and economic development and the industrial uh, uh, advancement that is happening in the west and the key to that of the of the of these uh, feeding these in industries are resources from the continent I mean, if you're going to develop uh, um, electric batteries uh, for the cars or electric cars, you need (laughs) minerals, of which minerals are on the continent. If you're going to develop nuclear um, um, power stations, including, for instance, uh, uh, drones, uh, for flying all over new uh, capability, you have resources that are coming on the continent, your iPhone and so on. So... Africa really is being a victim of its own resources, its own curse, would say, curse of resources. And it goes to the point that Vuiso has just said that they want to control Africa, and of which Chairman Mao said in the in early 60s uh, when the Congolese um, uh, Prime Minister Patrice Lumumba was assassinated. And he said that whoever controlled the Congo controlled the world referring to the natural resources that were dis- that are in the Congo, but as well as the uranium that was dropped on Hiroshima and Nagasaki being extracted from the Katanga province in the Congo. So that tells you how much of where we are. And if you look at it in the terms of democracy, as I said earlier, that um, the coups happen overthrowing democratically elected government. In Egypt, for instance, you would see Hosni Mubarak was ousted, or Ahmed Morsi was brought in. Then America all of a sudden supporting these the militaries in Egypt. And they are funding them with everything. Today, as I come from to this studio, they have just delivered about four uh, highly sophisticated plane carriers for the military. And that tells you how much of what is happening on the continent. But of course, I'm told by your producer that. No, not by my producer. You're told by me. You're told by me. It's 11 o'clock. Nixon Katembu, let's leave it there. Uh, Ed Musa is standing by with the latest news update.